Coming up on Studio Berlin, Germany is helping the U.S. reach a peace deal with the Taliban in Afghanistan. I think it's a, um, a very, very crucial time now. It's a very, very important phase now. And we can see that, that peace is possible. But is a deal with the Taliban a good idea? It will be horrible for women. And we know about their, their attitude to, towards freedom. Minorities will be horribly affected. So I don't see peace, not even stability. More on ending Afghanistan's forever war and the consequences of a Taliban deal, up next on Studio Berlin. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin, providing an in-depth look at domestic and international events and how they affect our lives here in the German capital. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Direct talks between the Taliban and other Afghans begin on Sunday in Doha. It's a rare meeting that U.S. and German officials call a major step toward ending what has become known as the forever war in Afghanistan. Over the next two weeks, my guests and I will discuss this potential deal with the Taliban, which is one of the few things German Chancellor Angela Merkel and U.S. President Donald Trump agree on. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo recently said in Kabul that an agreement could be in place before September 1st. As President Trump has said, after uh, almost now two decades of war in Afghanistan, the hour has come for peace. But is this rush to end 18 years of war in Afghanistan the right move? And what are the likely repercussions for Afghans who have to live with the deal, let alone American and German taxpayers whose countries are the biggest donors to Afghanistan? To answer those questions, let's go to Der Tagesspiegel senior political correspondent Andrea Danbach. Welcome. Thanks to you. So let's start with what Secretary Pompeo set up as a timeline. I mean, he's talking about September. Is this something that German officials agree with? Well, German officials have up to now uh, been rather silent about the thing. It's in a way um, not good to talk about it because uh, ending the, the long time engagement in such a short time would certainly raise questions about what are we leaving, all of us leaving in Afghanistan. This peace deal is one of the few things that Chancellor Merkel and President Trump seem to agree on. Why is that? Well, everyone wants to get out of that mess, which is Afghanistan, which has been Afghanistan for so many uh, years and still is. If you look at the numbers of civilian deaths in the last month in, during Ramadan, there were at least 100 civilian deaths, which is not counting all the soldiers killed and the policemen. And I assume that Germans are probably tired of having German soldiers uh, in Afghanistan, where they've been for 18 years almost. Well, there has always been opposition from in the Bundestag, in the German parliament. There has been opposition in civil society. But I don't think that there is a real push, as in my opinion is in America, to end this engagement completely. Germany has been pretty active behind the scenes with its envoy, Markus Potzel, laying the groundwork for the peace talks. He spoke this spring with Afghanistan's private network, Tolo TV. Um, I know about the um, uncertainties and I also know about the worries um, of the Afghan people, but I think it's a, 
um, a very, very crucial time now. It's a um, very, very important phase now. And we can see that, that peace is possible. And we've seen that in the, at the uh, ceasefire last year. Andrea, Markus Potzel sounds optimistic about a deal, but what is your sense? To me, it's not optimism. It's wishful thinking by the part of the German official. It's clear that people and the government wants to get out. But uh, what we leave there will certainly not uh, resemble a peace. If not peace, what will be left behind, in your opinion? Well, uh, I think as far as I know, as far as everyone looking at the country no, a bit closer knows, it will be horrible for women because uh, the American government and the Germans following consider the Taliban um, a party worth talking to in the first place. And we know about their attitude towards women, their attitude towards freedom of speech and all the other freedoms. Minorities will be horribly affected. So I don't see peace, not even stability, which is a major item for German social democrat foreign ministers. The thing that America seems to be the most concerned about is not leaving behind a platform, as they call it, for terrorists, uh, you know, for another al-Qaeda to come in and basically be planning attacks against the West. Do you think that this deal will achieve that or could achieve that, um, given the rush and, again, uh, given where the sides are at the moment in terms of uh, agreeing on what Afghanistan should look like in the future? We leave the whole thing to the Taliban and the West is allied with terrorists, the warlords, uh, it will be and become even more a platform for terrorists. Why is Germany pushing for this all-Afghan summit in Doha? I mean, they're talking about it as being a major step toward peace, even though the Afghan government isn't going to be there because the Taliban refuses to talk to it. Let's, let's put it like that. Stability has always been, and peace in, the, in this sense, has always been a major um, argument for German uh, politics during the last decades, especially for German foreign ministers, especially for social democrat foreign ministers. And I think they have, have not yet learned the lessons of the past, let's say of Eastern Europe ones, that peace can only be built on a just uh, society or more or less just society. It can't be uh, built on leaving power to forces that are not for a just society. Is there agreement within the German government about striking this deal? Who within the German government is actually pushing this? Is it just the immediate cabinet, Angela Merkel's cabinet, or is it does it go beyond that within the coalition? Well, I think it's an initiative of the Foreign Office, but this, the government is behind it as a whole. In the German parliament this year, there was a lot of resistance to extending the military mandate in Afghanistan. Is that because there's going to be a peace deal or is it a sign that patience with the war is running out? I think the, the, the reasons haven't changed a lot over time. Those who really are against this war, their motive is pacifism and a general pessimism against war as a means to, um, to resolve political questions. As for the Greens, they have this trauma of 20 years ago when the red-green government intervened on the Balkans. They haven't changed their attitude a lot. In a way, this has been something which is traumatic for them. It was, in a way, a gap in their attitude towards war. So does that maybe account for why there's such pressure to get the deal done? Because at this point, the government is or the parliament is increasingly reluctant to continue. 
I think it's the majority, the ruling majority, who is no longer willing to conduct this war to get more money, more soldiers. And for the opposition, the Greens and the left, it's we, we don't have to wage wars. There's a lot of political pressure to end this war on both sides of the Atlantic. But critics of the prospective Taliban deal say there are a lot of repercussions American and other Western politicians are not taking into account. We'll talk about that next on Studio Berlin. Next time on Studio 360. Hidden Figures, great movie, I loved it. That movie is about three black women who save NASA. Former Daily Show correspondent Asif Manvi does a stand-up set. That is how high the bar is set for Hollywood to make a movie starring three black women. They have to save the space program. Plus the band Yola Tango and hilarious singing comedians Friends Who Folk, all next time on Studio 360. Studio 360, Sunday nights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin, 104.1 FM. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and I'm here with Andrea Danbach of Der Tagesspiegel. We are talking about the possible peace deal with the Taliban that the U.S. and Germany are aggressively pursuing to end the war in Afghanistan. But critics say giving in to the Taliban in order to secure a deal could end up causing a lot of turmoil. One possibility is the Taliban will throw out the Afghan constitution, guaranteeing civil rights, especially for women. Andrea, is that fear justified? Well, I think if you give the power more or less to the Taliban, who are not willing to divide it, there will be no place for constitutional rights, for minorities, for women, religious freedom. What are some of the other consequences that could happen with this deal if it's rushed through the way it's being rushed through? One of the major and first effects of uh, of a transition of power in Afghanistan will certainly be a new wave of refugees, which will end up in Europe. And we are better prepared now in Germany to just manage this, but we are not yet prepared, maybe even worse than before, uh, politically. Well, that's actually a very interesting point. And uh, what I'd like to do is bring in my second guest, Daniela Dachot. She's the project manager of Jack Berlin, which is an education center for female refugees and women in need of shelter in Germany. Daniela, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you. Before we talk a little bit about the consequences that we had just brought up, um, tell me a little bit about your group. Um, How many women have you helped and how many of those are Afghans? We help um, refugee women and other migrant women. Uh, At the moment, we have around about 100 students and a third of them are from Afghanistan. What are some of the challenges that these Afghan women face? I mean, what are the problems they bring with them? Um, These Afghan women um, attend our school, which is a privately run uh, school, because they uh, have no access to enter state-run German classes. Because they don't qualify as refugees or why is that? They are still in their asylum-seeking process. They applied for asylum in Germany. And for Afghan people, this process takes much longer than for um, a refugee from Syria, for example. 
And um, the other difference is uh, while they are waiting for the decision to be made in favor of them or against them, the German state doesn't provide um, any access to integration or educational um, services. Andrea, why is that? I mean, why are Afghans treated differently than than other refugees? Is this a war that we don't want to accept as a war here? Well, I have to report a very cynical attitude. It's that we, in general, want to want the numbers to go down. And Syria is really no country where you can send people back. We try with Afghans, which are a large group as well. That's it. Let's remind the listeners about what happened a few years ago when all the asylum seekers started coming, because this certainly goes back to 2015 and even before. So at that point, there were a million plus asylum seekers who who came to Germany. And this is what Angela Merkel had to say about it back then. I'll put it simply. Germany is a strong country. And the motivation in approaching these things must be, we've done so much, we can do this. That optimism, of course, was misplaced. And Angela Merkel's refugee policy, as it became known, um, has more or less ended her political career. You talked before about uh, the numbers, and uh, there was actually a UN Global Trends report released in late June that shows at the end of last year, there were more than a million refugees in Germany, with Afghans accounting for about a third of those, and that only four countries in the world have more refugees, and that would be Turkey, Pakistan, Uganda, and Sudan. So, Andrea, have there been enough changes in the laws and programs here in Germany for the surge or or any prospective surge to be dealt with differently or better next time? Well, Daniela would be a better expert uh, for this question, but I think we have learned a lot. The thing is, as I already said, that politically we are in bad conditions uh, as there is a political party which is formed in this conflict, in this crisis, who are being served by the ruling parties who are afraid of it, be it the Social Democrats, be it the Conservatives. And that's why a new wave of refugees would lead to much more resistance. And I really feel this. The party you're referring to is Alternative for Germany. Is this the the means by which they really have come to power? The strange thing is that they were born as an opposition to uh, the um, European currency. And uh, as one of the high officials said once, the refugees were really a gift to us. They grew with this item and they got a lot of people, even those not voting them, feel entitled, feel enabled to be against refugees, to demand the reduction of numbers since this party gained food and, uh, well, is successful. Daniela, as uh, Andrea mentioned, you probably have some expertise in this. Do you feel um, at this stage that if there was another increase or another surge of asylum seekers coming here from Afghanistan, that Germany, the, the government, first of all, is better equipped? Would the process be smoother? <laughs> I would differentiate a little bit. I think, um, yes, we do have learned in the past four years but for me, uh, working as a, in a civil engagement group, uh, working a lot with volunteer groups and also dealing with economical groups, I think they have really learned um, how to work with uh, people coming to Germany. But when it comes to Afghan refugees, I think uh, they have more obstacles to come over regarding um, integration into German society. 
um, because their process takes so long, their asylum-seeking uh, process takes so long. During that time, uh, they have no opportunity to integrate on a professional basis, on an educational basis into uh, drum society. Obviously, in 2015, the government faced a lot of problems here trying to deal with the large number that were coming in. And the, the saving grace or the safety net, if you will, were volunteers and groups like your own that helped these asylum seekers and sort of filled in where the government was falling down. Um, do you think that if there was another influx um, or an increase in number of people coming from Afghanistan, that you would find as many volunteers? Or are, could your groups, I mean, we had talked uh, before the show about the capacity of your groups already mm -hmm. being sort of at the top. I mean, what happens? You know, is, is that safety net in danger of crumbling? In 2015, our organization, working a lot with volunteers, experienced um, a high response of uh, the civil society, people offering their help. Um, of course, these number, numbers decreased after a while. Uh, but at the same time, out of these volunteer engagements, um, a lot of structures uh, evolved, which are still existing. And I think uh, nowadays, uh, four years later, um, with a new wave, if you say, um, so uh, we could build on, on these structures because uh, even if the numbers of people decreased, we uh, still have a knowledge now. And I experienced that this uh, Willkommenskultur, as we <laughs> said in 2015, has not uh, ended yet. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how Germans, the public that is, um, might react to an increase in Afghans uh, fleeing to Germany. This is Studio Berlin. This week in This American Life, what it is like in Iowa right now. This place that's crawling with, what is it, 25 presidential candidates? It does look like Beto, you're right. That guy? Yeah. I think it's him. Oh, that is him. Isn't it surreal? Just like when you're walking through a small town, you're like, oh, that guy ran for president. This strange, crowded, early moment in this election. Tune in to This American Life, Sunday afternoons at 5 p.m., on 104.1 FM, KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin 104.1 FM. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and we are talking to Tagesspiegel political correspondent Andrea Dernbach and Daniela Dachot, who heads the women refugee help group Jack here in Berlin. We've talked about some of the politics and about some of the volunteer reactions, but I'm curious about the German public opinion toward Afghans. How is the perception of Afghans here changing um, as the war drags on, for one, and uh, as IFD, you know, AFD, the Alternative for Germany opposition party, grows for another? And also the fact that there have been an increasing number of Afghan migrants who have been accused and even convicted of terror and sexual attacks and murder in a number of high-profile cases that uh, that we've heard about here. So, Andrea, let's start with you. Um, how How is that changing? Well, uh, there's clearly a stance against people who uh, do these crimes. And, for instance, the, the famous Freiburg case of the rape of a young uh, medical student really stirred people's feelings. But I think um, there is no, let's say, ethnic prejudice dominant. It's more or less against refugees because they come, uh, they, they steal our women. So in my opinion, politics, public opinion, newspapers too, I'm a journalist, should build something against this kind of talk. 
because it's so strong. And if you don't build a narrative against it, it will certainly win at the end. Well, AFD is not by any means the dominant political force fact, or, or opinion here. Mm-hmm. But have they are they able to sway public opinion when it comes to these sorts of uh, crimes that are being reported? As you say, the, the media cert- certainly has made a big issue um, out of them. Well, uh, as many scientists say, and I'm, I agree with that, I see in my, among my friends and uh, colleagues, AFD has made things sayable which weren't sayable before. Uh, has made actions possible, political actions, which haven't been uh, possible before. Let's take the recent uh, law uh, taking away the German citizenship from uh, double citizens. That was a really no-go for many decades in Germany because the Nazis took Jews and political contrahands citizenship away. And this has gone without great uh, discussion. That's the effect, alas, of AFD. Daniela, um, we're going to flip the question because you're, you obviously talk to a lot of uh, refugees and asylum seekers here in Germany. And, and I'm wondering among the Afghan women that you encounter, what impact is the shift to the negative having on these asylum seekers, most of whom are law abiding? It's not as if everyone's committing these crimes. It's a small number. Is this having an effect? Are they noticing the, the change in treatment? Yes, they are noticing uh, the change in treatment. Also now they um, are bringing up the topic of uh, the AfD and um, none of them has been uh, attacked, but they are noticing uh, when they're wearing, for example, the headscarf on one day that they are look, being looked at or talked to on the street in a very different way than the other day when they're taking the headscarf uh, off. I think when it comes to Afghan refugees, I want to agree with Andrea that German society um, is maybe not prejudiced uh, in an ethnic uh, way against uh, Afghan Afghan people, Afghan refugees. Uh, I think it's more based on the more and more anti-Muslim prejudice going around. Which affects, uh, the the Muslim prejudice affects German Muslims too, strongly. Yes, but coming back to the Afghan refugees, the prejudices against uh, Afghan young men, for example, um, there's much more confronting against them in the media or in the society, whereas um, Afghan women, of course, because they are not uh, seen as a dangerous factor, they are not confronted against and maybe attacked against, but you see some reservation against them. And um, in everyday lives, when they bring their children to the Kita, you notice that there's a certain distance even held to these uh, women. So at the moment, people are accepting of Afghans with the caveats that we spoke about. But what happens if there's a peace deal? I mean, on one side, you'll have the politicians. On the other side, you may have the media. German and U.S. troops come home. Do you think that Germany is going to be harder on Afghans who seek asylum here, even if they are women? Legally, they shouldn't. Absolutely not. The, the, the European and the German laws are very clear. If you come from a um, country, whatever your government says, when you come from a country where there's torture, neglect of uh, women's rights, prosecution... You have a right to stay here and to have an asylum status or whatever, Geneva Convention. Uh, So whatever our government declares that it has made peace or the Americans had made peace in in Afghanistan that won't uh, change legally, 
have to put an accent on legally the situation of refugees. Absolutely not. Daniela, do you agree? I'm very pessimistic and I think that um, restrictions on um, Afghan asylum seekers will be harder and harder. Already now, Afghanistan is regarded as a partly safe uh, country, which is obviously not, especially for minorities or for women. And once um, the deal will be set, um, this is put into a legal shape, uh, <laughs> if you will. Certainly, Afghans are worried about the German government using a Taliban peace deal to make it tougher for them to come to Germany or to stay here. And we'll talk more about that next week. For now, I want to thank my guests, Andrea Danbach of the daily newspaper Der Tagesspiegel and Daniela Dachot of Jack Berlin. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Please join me next week on Studio Berlin here at KCRW Berlin to continue our discussion of the repercussions of a Taliban peace deal being sought by the U.S. and Germany. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.